This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kocher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel. This is episode 57, and I am your host, Drew Koser, and I am pleased to be joined by half of the crew today. First off, we bring my brother in, Troy Koser. Wow, that is intense. Everyone here is pumped. David says jamming today on a Tuesday night as we're recording this. Uh, Yeah, well, there's no Dan today. No Daniel. No Dan. But no Christian. No Christian. Just the original twosome. Just the original twosome. Two of our other two partners did not show up today. Actually so. joined by my daughter. Special guest, Maya, made it out tonight for the live recording of the podcast. So awesome. welcome aboard. Absolutely. We love having people just around us all the time. It's perfect. So before we get going, though, as we had always like to mention that this is a Nissan-driven podcast. They are the number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any needs you need. They're located at 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. Check them out today and drive Nissan. Troy, where, where are we are today? Where are they located again? 1111 Broad Street. I love hearing it. Broadcasting live. Divots Indoor Golf Center, 6823 Rochdale Boulevard, Regina, Sask. Phone them, 306-206-1270. Or visit the website, www.divotsgolf.com. Book your time. Get out here. Swing them. The old saying is... Uh, Play divots, don't make them. Yeah, unless, unless they're pure. It's it's bumping. It's men's league tonight. It's Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, again, if you've never been to divots before, you should because we actually just had a uh, Todd Reichels, little shout out, little name drop for the guy, wins the last giveaway, comes in, and he hasn't been here this year yet, but he has played here in the past. Um, you know, Darren Dupont's here today. Local he, celebrity, yeah. Local celebrity playing his first time at divots indoor golf. Ugly golf bag. But uh, <laughs> played a great round, and uh, yeah, so come on down here, play at Divots, and it's the place to be. Check the new food menu out. Oh, is that ever good? The pie. Mmm. Perfect. Okay, Troy, it's been a hot minute since I've seen you. Uh, what's going on? There's no Dan to ask questions to today, so what's new with you? Bye, See you later, Darren. Um, yeah, what's new with you? Work. Oh, that's <laughs> no fun. I, I work so much lately. Um, dog tired, but... Uh, Outside of work, been doing some little bit of Xbox this past week. I'm getting worse and worse by the round. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got to watch golf this weekend. I know we'll get into that. Been watching a lot of hockey. I know we're going to get into that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Pretty boring the last week, like I said. I've been working quite a bit. So, what about yourself? Not a lot but kind of busy you know i had a lot of meetings last week trying to 
get a social media campaign growing for Off the Hosel, putting that into work, you know, seeing our sponsors, reaching out to them, how they're doing, and yeah, hitting some golf balls on my downtime, and yeah, that's about it. But I do want to get right into this right away here with you, NHL Talk. And if you don't like the NHL Talk, just push the 30-second skip button ahead. That's fine. That works. Because I got to ask, you got your wish, Stuart Skinner gets in the game, and you know what? Hasn't played since March. Do you want my opinion before you even go? No. Just, well, I'm going to get your opinion. Because, actually, yeah. Because before I, my question is, though, he hasn't played since March of last year. He's a great goaltender. Now, I want to see what you think, and then I'll rebuttal. Here's what I think. I'm a lawyer. <clears throat> if our listeners listened to my rant last week about the Oilers, or the week before, I still could go on a long, long rant. They are a bottom-feeding team. They got a free win the other night from Ottawa. They're playing Ottawa again tonight, so, you know, mark the free space on the bingo card. Uh, I was one saying, let's get Skinner in. Give him a chance. Skinner. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Now, Take a chance on Skinner. The Oilers go out and score eight goals. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Look at like the 70s. Right? So he had 11 points to McDavid and Dreisaitl. James Neal had his first two of the year. Skinner lets in five goals. And you shouldn't be excited about an 8-5 victory against the worst team. I don't know the U.S. divisions because I haven't really been paying attention to it. Definitely the worst team in the Northern Division. Um, yeah, you got to win. Yeah, I mean... But it wasn't a very nice performance. I mean, yeah, okay, I understand. The first goal, shaky as hell. And he looked shaky. Yep. Second one, should have stopped it. Third one, didn't have a chance. Like I, Five goals against in your first career NHL game? It hurts. He got the W. Let's see what happens. Are they going to yeah. roll with him in the future? Edmonton needs goaltending. Yeah. In the worst way. So when you talked about it last week about giving him a chance to play, um, you know, in my short five years of coaching now, we've always been under the impression that let's give our guy, the new guy, play one of the top teams. And people may think that that's crazy, but we did it as a confidence thing. If you lose to them, all right, you know what you're in for. If you play a bad team, you got to play the next best team the next night, right? So, well, and, maybe not so much this year. Yes, because they're doing all these. But when they ups, play right? the Leafs or they play the Flames or whatever, and then I mean, also the goals. Yes, he let five in, and I texted you. I think that night I said, "Hey, those two out of three goals, he was screened on, and it's a national hockey yeah. now. He hasn't played since March. He's gonna be fine." And what have I been telling you about the Oilers though? Well, they're D suck. They're terrible. Tyson Berry's not. Tyson Berry's not a top forty. I, I don't even want to go there. I never realized how much Clefbaum meant to the Oilers. Oh, yeah. He's, he's and a I don't think a lot of people piece. know who Clefbaum really is as a defensive yeah. uh, player. But insider information, his career is probably done, not coming back ever. And that's tough to replace. What does he have again? Shoulder, shoulder and back issues. Oh, okay. And young, right? Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of the Northern Division... Vancouver went on a two-game or three-game winning streak against Ottawa and then fell back to earth last night again. Yeah. Uh, so Montreal's they, lost seven straight. Montreal. Six straight, right? No, sorry. Um, who's lost seven straight? Oh, Vancouver. Didn't they lose seven? Because um, they just beat Ottawa. Ottawa lost seven yeah, straight. Ottawa. Sorry. My no, bad. I mean, if you rank it, Montreal by far. They, again, yeah, I don't know absolutely. in the Southern Division, but Montreal by far best team uh, that I've seen yet. Toronto's a close second. And then you can group in Calgary... Um, Winnipeg's Winnipeg playing well. In that third tier, Vancouver, 
then the Oilers, and then Ottawa. That's the yeah. way I've kind of got it ranked right now. Again, we're only, what, two and a half weeks into the season, three weeks tops. Yeah. Now we got COVID, though, running through the NHL. So yeah, they postponed the Buffalo yeah. Sabres schedule now until February 8th. And the Islanders are not playing tonight as well. They play New Jersey. Jersey, yeah. Jersey yeah. So, so anyhow. Hope, hope, last little comment about that is I'm hoping that this doesn't um, put a damper on the season. If it gets out of control because they're talking like this is not good right now. Yeah. Vegas just went through it. But what I did here today was Bettman's going to be issuing some severe penalties to these teams because they are supposed to be. As living, you should. They should be. They're supposed to be playing under pro, COVID protocol, and obviously they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, before we get into what we're playing next week, I wanted to ask one other question about hockey because we are on it, and sure. I don't care. Like you said, skip thirty seconds ahead. The Dubay hit on Kotniemi. Kotniemi. He head down, right? Heads down, but also if you watch when his head. He actually makes a movement to to get out of the way, and Dubé's not that kind of player. I used to play this guy. He's unreal. He was tearing our lead up, lead up at 15. I was 17. I'm the bum. He's unreal. Um, no, does not deserve okay. a penalty. I just I seen it floating across social media. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into PJ talk. And before we get into the winner and what went on, we'll rip off our Canadians. Uh, Canadians in the field: Adam Hadwin, Jared Dutois, Corey Connors, Roger Sloan, Mackenzie Hughes, David Hearn, and Michael Deligic. Missing the cut was Mackenzie Hughes, David Hearn, and Michael Deligic. Jared Dutois missed the cut. We talked to him, or I talked to him, sorry, Saturday night. Uh, you know, he had a lot of good, good talk about just playing at Torrey Pines. He texted me, said, man, that's a man's course. Uh, he's obviously on later in the show today. Uh, you'll hear a 15-minute interview with him. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, second time. And also another friend of the show, finishing, finishing T18, highest Canadian. Uh, Adam Hadwin messaged him as well, and he just, yeah, you know, a decent showing for those guys at a tough, tough course. You have a chance to watch any? I did. I. Do you want me to get right into the other topics <laughs> no, right now? No, I think we can just roll with this. Okay. Uh, I, I got to watch actually quite a bit of golf on my hours off from work. Uh, Torrey Pines is one of my personal favorite courses because it is very tough, and scores reflect that. Unless you're Patrick Reed. Jumping right in, unless you're Patrick Reed. What a fucking cheater. <laughs> Sorry, F-bomb, but cheater, cheater, cheater. Yeah. Cheater. He. Before I jump right into that, <laughs> I did want to say, yet again, Tony Finau, another top five. It's becoming a, a thing for him. Yeah. I watched some of the interviews today, did some research on what the guys were saying. Um, what's the guy's name that has like the nice flow or not? I actually have the same kind of flow as him. Uh, God, is it Bedner? I don't know. doesn't matter. Man Rocket. He was talking about, they, they interviewed the guys and said, you know, what was it like or how are you guys feeling? You know, Shoffley said, no, I wouldn't have done what he did. doesn't matter what he did because he's protected by the, by the tour. This guy was just like, at the very whole end of his speech was, it pisses us off. And Tony Fina was like, does the, does the loss hurt now? He's like, yet again, Tony's American. Not that Xander's not American, but I don't know. So I'll let I mean, you ramble off on the rating because I have some points too as well. He did win by five shots, right? So even with the penalty, he still wins by three. Four, yeah. Well, three, three, yeah. Well, because it could have been could have been a disqualification too. I suppose. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I. Uh, he hits the ball. It doesn't bounce yet. Someone said it bounced. And then it's embedded in the ground. 
and he walks over casually. This is something I would do at Flowing Springs. Oh, shit, there's mud on there. I can't hit that. Fuck it. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to chuck it to a better spot, you know, within yeah. distance, within reasoning. It doesn't even care. just does it. Then calls the rules official. I don't know if you watched it. The rules oh, yeah. official comes over and says, well, where's the ball? Oh, it was over here. Well, why is it over there? Yeah. Well, I picked it up and I moved it. Okay. If you're trying to get a drop, right, and you know the rules of golf a hell of a lot more than I do, but if you're trying to get a drop, because they had said something that because of all the rain the two days before, Soft that missions. they were playing under, please help me out, what's it called, the rule? Lift clean plays. Thank you. That's exactly what they said on the broadcast. Oh, I'm hot here. So I'll take Trevor. I'm good. He, he, he picks up the ball, moves it. Rules official comes over and asks, where's the ball? Oh, it's over there. Did you see the rules official's reaction? What? Why is the ball over there? Why'd you move it? Why'd you move it? Ends up taking a shot from there. No penalty. Makes par. Makes par. Goes on, wins the tournament. Catches a shit ton of flack on, on social media a lot, which I would like to say I was a part of, but I actually did not do anything. But... Okay, here's my other thing. If that was the first time he's done this, fine. He is a known cheater. Was it last year? What tournament was he did it at? Uh, I want to say the U.S. Open, but I could be wrong. I, it was a major. He it, had, a, he had a fried egg in a bunker. Uh, you know, in college he's done it. He got kicked, kicked off, off his, his team. university team. He's a known cheater. So, I have and, a lot to say on this. And it's going to follow him, I'm telling you. Absolutely. Go ahead, Drew. I'm just going to take a... Like no, no, for sure. Earlier. So I, I, the amount of research I did on this, because I do play enough tournament golf, I have actually had an embedded golf ball. I'm sure a lot of people listening have had that. I brought a ruling. I called for an official. They said, no, you're screwed kind of thing. I played it. I made six. A buddy of mine makes five. I lose my spot in nationals. Okay, I'm upset. No different than 20 now probably is or Shoffley or whatever it is. But before we get into like my point is, let's not sit here and deny the fact that he's a great, great golfer. Because he's got incredible talent and the mental strength on that guy to be getting torn apart and come out there and not have give a shit, which is unbelievable. Okay, he's a great player. Yeah. But what he did, and I don't understand because mixed emotions, I, I was reading some other guys, um, some famous people that played the tour for a long time were saying, did I like what he did? No. You should put a T beside your ball call an official and say, hey, I think I have an embedded ball. And they're saying, oh, pace to play a professional golf tour. One, you're a professional golfer, you should know the rules. Two, there should be an official on every hold-in. And, and you never pick up your ball with a palm because you know what everyone's doing. Everyone's going, oh, he's rubbing, the, he's rubbing the shit off, rubbing the dirt off. You pick it up with your index finger and your thumb. And the reason why I'm saying that is I saw a lot of juniors, I don't check the poles all the time, a lot of said he did the right thing. Make sure you know what you're doing, because in junior golf or men's golf or whatever it is, this will follow you a long time. Wasn't it Hal Sutton that yes. showed actually how to pick up the ball and, and his feelings on it? Yeah, I've seen that on uh, social media. You know, another thing that we're still on the topic, I think it was in 2015, correct me if I'm wrong, Tiger Woods, ball was unplayable, right? He could move it. You're allowed... What, what, I don't know. This. Again, you know the rules. What, what is the exact rule? On that Where one, can you move? You would get a club ball. length, club length, length from that. Okay, so Tiger Woods, I guess, in 15, he moved it back, away, 
like three or four yards or something because it was in his distance that he his, his go-to distance yeah hits the ball makes birdie with the penalty his par five and he got penalized and it cost him tournament or something like that it was back in i heard i, I was I was on the news plus it was on social media but yet you know the greatest golfer to ever play the game gets penalized for the same thing that patrick reed does and it's yeah. almost it's almost like Reed is in the PGA's back pocket. Yeah, and I think that I guess the moral of this whole thing is make sure you ask questions and know what you're doing before you go ahead and do something like that. Because even the one guy I, I sure wrote down, but his comments were it takes some of the disgrace and the respect of the game away when guys continue to get away with stuff like that. And how do you think those guys feel? You know, that's a big paycheck. That's a big cut. You know, Tony Finau going from one to T2 now. So, whatever. He won by five. I said it. Patrick Reed's a great player. He's great between the years. I don't I don't respect what he did. Maybe we need a rules official on the show to talk about it because I would love to ask Maybe more. I'll start getting in on, on, on the social media and bugging a rules official because I would like to learn too. But, I mean, let's, let's jump right in from Patrick Reed. I know you want to talk about it too. Uh, so, we go from a cheater to a guy that said some comments a few weeks ago, took a few weeks off. Um, Justin Thomas, take it away, Drew. Yeah, I just, I was reading a, an article about, basically he's been buying shirts from a store and you know putting his other company logos on there and he said, I, I like a shirt, I liked it, I buy it, I put it on. Um, I know now he's trying to reach out to his current sponsors now and trying to grow from what he did with the you know the sl- the slur or yeah, slur, a yeah. slur that he said, uh, and I respect that a lot from JT. You know, he, he, I think he has to do it kind of thing. But I mean, or he doesn't have to do it, I guess. But I think he's doing it for the good of himself and trying to improve his probably the way he speaks or the way he thinks. Uh, so I respect that a lot from him. And 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 my thoughts on it. Yes, he did wrong. <clears throat> he admitted. He knows it. He's taken a few weeks off. And he's lost some money via sponsorship, but I'll tell you right now, and I'm gonna—I know we're gonna jump into this right away too. I'm picking him for this weekend. I really am. You I, were close this past weekend. You had—you had John Rom. I was very close. I love Rombo. Rombo—he's my—I get—I get a little excited when I see him. Good player. He's a good player. Well, why don't you rip off where we are playing this week? Because. It's a doozy. It, It'd be a lot better if we had fans. It's the 2021 Waste Management in Phoenix. I'll tell you, this is a tournament that I think every player either loves or hates to play. You get to that 16th hole. I'll tell you what, I have coworkers that have been there. I know Sean McNall's gone down there. And it's one of the highest grossing PGA tournaments because you get people there for five days that do nothing but have a cocktails and sit up there on the 16th uh, hole. And you don't, make a, you don't make your shot on that 16 within 10 feet. You're getting booed. If you don't like the green, you get booed. Well, well, I think it's within 10 feet now. It's crazy. I mean, it, it is an awesome tournament. It's just going to be so much different with no fans this year. Yeah, maybe it's, they, it is. It's going to be totally different. Maybe they bring the, the crowd noise in that I they have talking. I hope not. That's horrible. <laughs> That's just horrible, that crowd noise. But which is cool, too, is the guys are, you know, the guys embrace it. You know, Ricky's doing the, like, the happy doing work. Yeah. I can't hear you. And then he, they're, they're giving out hats. They're giving out golf balls. They're giving out... They're respecting the fan, which they don't have to do that. So here's my question. Do you think that the uh, playing partners and caddies give them little jeers if they don't make it? You know, maybe as as a sign and a thank you to the fans, hey, we're thinking about you. Do you know what I mean? Especially on 16. 
Okay, correct me if I'm wrong though, I just saw today that Country Thunder is going down in Phoenix and they're getting, they're getting tested right now in Phoenix. Are they going to be allowed to have fans? Maybe there's going to be a certain amount of fans. Keep talking. I'll Google it. Okay, I, I, just, I was just curious because I saw today Country Thunder released their lineup and it's in Phoenix and you know, it was a great lineup actually by the way. But they, they said today that they're testing in Phoenix so I could be wrong but maybe there might be some sort of fans. But Troy is looking that up right now. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else really for you, Troy, because I'm totally lost on, uh, do you have anything? I'm looking here. Uh, Hurry up. It says the Waste Management Phoenix Open will have fans on site. There we go. We so, got fans. I don't think it's going to be as many as normal. Right? No, it but says, still kind of cool, I guess. It says usually there's an estimated 200,000 fans who pass through the turnstiles just for Saturday's third round. Always the busiest day of the party. Crowds usually swell into north of 700,000 people. That's a lot of people. Their, expect their expectations are around 5,000 fans per day, which is better than none. Absolutely. That's a start. So do they just all travel, hold, 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 hold? <laughs> no, I'm sure there's COVID protocols. Yeah, place, I don't know how it's going to work out. But I'm excited to see some fans there finally. And yeah. It's it's. I wanted to go this year. To be honest, I wanted to go. I wanted to get down there and figure out what it was us or the boys or one of, one of the coworkers I work with. He went down last year, and he said because they went, they sat on 16 for Saturday. They, sh they they drank all night. They showed up to the tournament at four o'clock in the morning, snapped. Gates opened at five. They ran to their seats on 16. Waited 11 hours for the first person to come through. He said he had a good nap, and then it started all oh over again. Oh, my God. But That's dedication. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Okay, well, before we wrap this up, I have two more topics I want to talk about here. Quick ones. Uh, i got to ask you now, because I've asked Daniel. I've asked myself. You've watched both episodes of Tiger Documentary. Um, your thoughts on it? I'll keep them short and sweet. Awesome documentary, by the way. Um, Tiger's dad... Never, never would have thought that until I seen the documentary, and I can see how Tiger was much like his dad, and let's hope he doesn't pass it along to Charlie. That really short and sweet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know how much of a good golfer he is, right? And we knew he had issues, but just to see, you know, like it was sad. Tiger's what six, five, six years old. Dad's got him on the on the putting green, and what's Earl doing? He's in the camp. Oh, yeah. with, you know, doing things that, yeah. You know, if you haven't seen the documentary, watch it. I, I do suggest it 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I won't touch on it too much as I've already talked about it twice now in two pods. But the one thing I, I will say, Dan, is I, I, I'm looking forward to, not looking forward to this, sorry. I, ho I hope Tiger plays a long time. But when he does retire, that documentary will be unreal. Yeah, it'll be like the Michael Jordan one or uh, who's the other one that did the three or four part series there. Um, anyone, Allen Iverson, like anything, yeah. any of those documentaries, it, it'll be really cool. I agree, 100%. Okay, um, last one here, and then we're sending over to Scott Thompson and Jared Dutois, two beauties. I had a lot of good time with Scotty T and uh, Jared Dutois again. But One Shot Golf in Regina, a new online golf app game. Uh, Real Robots run it. It has been created in our own backyard, Regina, Saskatchewan. I know you've had a chance to play, Troy, and I know you got some guys at your work playing it. Uh, I had a Zoom call with um, you know CEO or Stephanie, and we did talk about it. We're going to have them on the show at some point in the next couple of weeks here. 
I've never played it yet. It freaked me out. There's live robots. Robots freaked me out. I watched iRobot one time. Never want to see it again. Uh, yeah, just give us your, your thoughts on the game. I know you have it. It's awesome. I, I, I really do enjoy it. I, you know, we kind of had some chat with them, and I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to download it. <laughs> Started playing it, and I'm like, you need to get this. You know, I was telling all the guys at work. Well, there we were on night shift. We had a little bit of downtime. And there were six of us in the office. All of us were playing it, and you can, you can see each other's shots. And the best thing is, you know, like you said, it's robots. And it's real. Like, it's not fake. It's real time, and yeah. And this is what really freaks you out. When you see somebody standing there waving at you in the camera, somebody's <laughs> looking at you, they can see your shot, and they're holding up signs, you know, good job, or, oh, you just missed it. Um, really fun app. It's available on uh, iTunes and, and uh, Google Play, everything, Google Play, yeah. Android compatible. I think they were a top five app a week ago. Canada, I believe, yes. Yeah, and they just got, you know, CBC's News did a report on them, so... Download it. Give it a try. I mean, it's free. Yeah. Right? Uh, you get three free games a day. You can buy tokens and stuff. Not that I did. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But um, You did. I did. Support local. I love it. Right? Go check it out. Um, again, really enjoyed it. So hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll talk to them soon. Yeah, so that's One Shot Golf. It's a golf app. Check it out. They're in Regina. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to them in a couple weeks here. So... Already, this is running long here. This is a long podcast. I think Scotty T is about an hour long and then 15 minutes with Jared Dutois. But, uh, yeah, Scott Thompson talks about everything. Junior golf, amateur golf, playing senior hockey, St. Walbert, Saskatchewan-born. Uh, and then just catch up with Jared Dutois again, talking about, uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, Tory Pines, the Monday qualifiers, good buddy, Monday Q Info, is doing great work on Twitter, uh, live broadcasting the Monday Qs. Um, and Jared, unfortunately, did not get into the waste management this week. Uh, he texted me today, said, uh, you know, just didn't have it going, so I'm back to the, the range and practice and off to the next tournament. Well, before you send it off to our guest, Drew, it's, uh, it's kind of fitting that our episode today is grassroots. You and I, you know, we started, one of our guests we recorded with in your condo. Yeah, right? you were on the phone, right? No, you no, were in person. in the condo. It was pre-COVID. And our other guest, local boy, Saskatchewan boy, Saskatchewan golf. So today's show should be a doozy. We got Saskatchewan golf, we got Canadian golf. It's golf, golf, golf. Enjoy it. And last thing, 2007 MJT Tour Player of the Year, Scott Thompson, and two-time AM champion, 2009-2010, and another alumni, Jared Dutois of the MJT Tour. Fun in interviewing these two guys. Me, five-time winner on the MJT Tour. Hope you guys enjoy it. This podcast is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery a proud sponsor of Off the Hosel. They are a locally owned company in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. They have some of the best options around, and trust me, I know. They got whiskey, vodka, rum, and so many other options that you can't go wrong with. They are in a, over 100 different retailers across Saskatchewan. So start thinking with your brain, shop local, and purchase your Last Mountain Distillery products today. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by by a guy that I have not had a pleasure meeting yet, but I've heard nothing but good things. You know, he's from St. Walbert, Saskatchewan. Uh, to two-time AM champ, two more than me and two more than most, and a lot more we got we get to during the podcast. Uh, you know, so obviously, first off, very happy to be joined by Scott Thompson today. Thanks for joining the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Got some big boots to fill though after the Stapleton podcast. Tough <laughs> back to follow. So, thanks for that. But uh, yeah, we'll get through it, man. We'll have some fun. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, you know, obviously lots to talk about. I mean, like I said, we're going to talk about your, you know, your two AMs, uh, not one, but two, and then two in a row, a uh, ton of junior golf. Uh, and I have a lot of questions that I want to know and I want to answer. So uh, you better answer them. Um, <laughs> so, okay, first off, you grew up in St. Walbert, Sasky. Uh, this has been a long time since we've done, a, you know, a Saskatchewan featured player on the pod and, you know, going back to my roots and, um, you know, first off, I, I, I want to know what was it like growing up in St. Walbert, Saskatchewan? One, I have no idea where that is. So fill me in. Yeah. Not many people do know where, where St. <laughs> Walbert is. So you're not the first one. Uh, it was good. Uh, you know, I had pretty, pretty regular, you know, life growing up in, in St. Walbert, really actually really good life growing up in St. Walbert, lots of friends, still got lots of friends there. Um, you know, parents, you know, couldn't ask for any better parents. So they raised me the right way, and uh, yeah, it just was. You know, you don't think there's not too much to do in St. Walbert growing up. You know, the town's only 800 people, so everybody literally knows everybody. You know, it's an old cliche, but everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. You know, that's so, scary. Uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it can be that's for sure. But uh, but no, you know, it's good. I have nothing bad to say about St. Walbert. It was it was good to me. Um, you know all my closest friends are, are still from there and I still talk to him too. So it, it was uh, really good. Couldn't ask for anything better. Absolutely. Okay. Well, and then before we get into some golf talk here, I got to get right into it. Cause growing up in a small town, Saskatchewan, uh, you know, you have usually three options. It's only four, you know, be really smart, which is totally fine. Um, you know, play golf <laughs> and I'm assuming you played hockey cause I, I did some, uh, you know, hockey elite prospects on you. Like, I did my homework. I'm a hockey scout. So, uh, were you playing oh, hockey yeah. at a young age? And clearly you're playing for the Hafford Hawks, I believe, uh, in the senior, uh, one of the 900 senior leagues around here. So fill us in. Yeah, there's a few senior teams in, in uh, Saskatchewan, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I, uh, you know what? I, I started with ball and golf at a young age. Um, actually, was kind of, we were, I was born in Prince Albert, and we grew up in Shelbert, okay. Saskatchewan. Uh, and then we moved to St. Walbert when I was seven years old. So we lived on a farm in, in Shelbrook and uh, just outside of Shelbrook, a little hamlet called Montnebo. And I, I remember bits and pieces. I was a pretty young kid then when, when we lived there, but I remember hitting golf balls out the backyard, uh, just getting addicted to it, just seeing the golf ball fly. Same with baseball, you know, throwing a ball around and, and hitting it with a bat. You know, it just seemed to catch my attention. And and then, uh, yeah, when we moved to St. Walberg, uh, like I said, I was seven years old. And then I started getting into golf a little more. My stepdad, Dave, he was... He was a scratch golfer at that time. He's still right around scratch. How so he's, he's a yeah, he's a heck of a player. We've had some pretty good matches over the years, as you would assume. And uh, yeah, he was the one who really got me going in golf. Uh, I just was addicted to it immediately. Just as soon as we got to go to the golf course and you know chip and putt range didn't matter what. I was just you know hooked on it. Uh, we would uh, at the time in St. Walbert there we didn't have a nine hole golf course that was built and. Oh, I want to say right around the year 2000. So we moved there in 1997. So there's three years where we, if we wanted to play some golf, we'd have to go either to Loon Lake, which was about 40 minutes north of St. Walberg, or else uh, Irvine track. Golf Course. Yeah. Yeah, Loon Lake is a thick, thick nine-hole track. If anyone has never played a man, it's, it's worth the drive, that's for sure. But we'd go before school. Like, we wake up at 5 in the morning, rip up there, play nine holes, and I go yes, back. That goes. <laughs> yeah, go and then and then I'd go to school and then and then uh, wait for the next morning. You know, we'd go to Loon Lake one morning and then we'd go to Merver and then, 
it's he, you know, that's the only way he could get to playing golf or go after school. So uh, he drove me all over the place, and and yeah, I just it was it was the best. Dude, that's awesome, Table, and I, and I still did ask too, because I mean, uh, I get carved enough. Um, you know, it is a golf podcast or hockey podcast, but I do both for uh, you know, essentially uh, not not a living now, but I mean, enough to put food in the, on the table. But I got asked. Yeah. You must have played some decent hockey. I mean, I heard you're a stud on the ice. Uh, you know, <laughs> what's it like? Away there, <laughs> <laughs> well, did you play AAA? You know, we're minor hockey, and like I said, now you're playing for the, the Hafford Hawks in uh, Hafford. Well, I didn't start playing hockey till second year peewee. Oh, really? Half the season. Yeah, half the season of second year peewee. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I took power skating and, and can skate, but uh, just never got into hockey. I, I love playing hockey. I love playing shinny and, and road hockey and all that. And I was actually, like, by taking power skating and can skate, I, I got to be a pretty decent skater. And then, uh, yeah, second year peewee, a bunch of my buddies, we'd always go out to uh, we'd play shinny at four o'clock in, in uh St. Walberg at the rink there'd be some open ice time so we'd all just go down and play shinny and I I could hang with those guys, my buddies who all played hockey and they kept asking me, you know, how come you're playing, how come you're playing and I would just say, ah, I don't know, just you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I did, it was kind of hard to kinda of hard to explain. But eventually they rounded up some gear and basically said, Hey, you're playing no matter what. So <laughs> we had a game we got a game uh next week we practice this week here and, and uh yeah, let's do it. So that's basically how I started playing hockey with second year Peewee. And, and once I got on the team and, and you know, how it is in the dressing room, even when you're young, oh, you, know, yeah. you, you create a bond with all those guys on your team. And, you don't want to leave. And I, yeah, you don't want to leave. And I was so happy that I started playing hockey. But no, I never played any AAA, never played junior. Well, I played junior B for half a season. That was it. Other than that, it was just Where'd you play? hockey. Onion Lake, Onion Lake Winterhawks. Oh, yeah, they're... Uh... The Northeast Alberta Junior Hockey. Yeah, they used to come down and play against us in a pre-tournament. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Actually, it was, uh, <laughs> we actually, that, there was this whole kind of a funny story about playing at Onion Lake. They, they kind of took a hiatus from that hockey league for a bit, and uh, they decided to get the team going again. And one of my best friends, uh, he wanted to go and try out for the team. Just basically, it was just to get in shape for senior. Like, we didn't really have any desire to play junior B in the jungle, you know, you just get your head taken off in some games, and I'm sure you know how that is, get some crazy games. So we just wanted to go go and get in shape for senior, because senior didn't start till November, like mid-November, closer to December. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, training camp and, and, and all that for, for Junior B in Onion Lake was, was set for mid-September. So we thought, you know, get, like, two and a half good months of hard skating, and, and we should be set for senior, so... We go to the we go to the tryouts and we find out the the head coach is, is going to be John Rasty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So this was just so, so this was just before this was just before he was going to go back to Syracuse. I think he had a pro tryout with Syracuse. So like he was in unbelievable shape, unbelievable shape. Like this you guy think. is ripped. <laughs> oh, he is just like an absolute unit, like and super nice. Like we we hit it off good. Me at Sheldon and I, and he. Uh, you know, we, we did a couple couple drills and it wasn't really much hard. It wasn't really a hard uh, training camp, but uh, the inter squad games that was where it kind of got a little crazy. We uh, so Sheldon and myself were on a line, and uh, we had another guy on, on line. I can't remember who it was, but our team ended up winning. I think it was twelve one, 
and Sheldon had eight goals, I had four goals, and I had the assists on all his, and, and he had all the assists on my goals, right? So John was wondering, like, hey, like, where did you guys play? And we were like, no, we just, you know, we've just been playing senior last couple of years, so we just, yeah, we just want to try, you know, get in shape. And he was like, actually, that was after the first period, sorry. He did, uh, after the first period, I think we had a few goals apiece, and, and he was talking to us. He's like, you know what, if you guys don't want to go back out, you don't have to. Like, you senior guys, you, like, you're making the team. So Sheldon, I kind of chuckled, and he kind of chuckled. <laughs> but there was no scrap, there was no fights in the first period. Really? So, right before, yeah, there was no fights in it, right? And, and you know, John Morassi is known for, for being a tough guy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he came in, he came into the dressing room after the first period, and, and he was just mad but he said basically you know if i want to see some toughness out of you guys this is junior hockey you know if you want to make this team i want to see who wants to make it like show me that you want to make it basically like let's let's go yeah so drop the puck in the second period puck drops three guys just shed their mitts like three sets of guys just shed their mitts all of them go at it right go in the box go to drop the puck again boom two more guys shed the mitts so there's five sets of guys in the box I don't even think a second of came off the clock, and that was a second period, and there was just littered with fights after that. And so, there's your team. Yeah. yeah, and there it is. Yeah, those are the guys who wanted to be on the team. So yeah, it was that was pretty funny. Dude, that's unreal. I have a quick one too. Like we played them when I was. They used to come down and play in our pre-tournament event uh, in Fort there, I believe. And um, yeah, we played a guy, and he was like not wearing shoulder pads. I'm like, this is a psycho. Like I, I was a you know a skilled guy, scored whatever. Uh, junior B Ulster, not a big deal. Uh, anyways, so no, just kidding. But no, so this guy's playing. He's not wearing shoulder pads. I'm like, I don't know, do I hit him or do I not? But then, like a buddy of ours that got traded to us uh, a couple weeks later, he like f- after our game, he was fighting this guy at center ice and just got dummied. Um, but clearly, the reason why he wasn't wearing shoulder pads. So um, <laughs> yeah, that helps a little. Yeah, and we haven't seen that team since in our pre-tournament, which is which is totally fine. Totally fine. The games yeah, yeah. games change a little bit. It's all right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Okay, so I, I got to get right into this now. Um, yeah, you mentioned already you grew up in St. Walbert, nine-hole track. Uh, I played a few in my day. Uh, obviously, Calvinton, you know, home of the coasters and blah, blah. I've been there. I've played it. Great track. I've played Catepo a lot, Fort. Um, what was it like for you who had just, a, you know, a knack for the game? You loved it, playing nine holes, you know, day in, day out. I actually think that because I grew up, in St. Walbert on that nine hole golf course that that is probably the main reason why I've had any success in golf. Awesome. Um, I could go out any time of day, you know, especially, you know, summer off school, you go just walk on any time of the day. It wasn't too busy. Like it wasn't good for business for the golf course. That's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you could go out at any time and, and go out and practice and, and play nine or 27 or 36, however many you can get in. I, I basically just drove the bike down there in the morning, and I didn't go home until once in a while I'd go home and grab something to eat or else just pick something up at the clubhouse, and then I'd go home at supper time and eat supper, then go back out at 8 o'clock and, and hit wow. golf balls or, or practice till dark. It was really nice that way. Like, 8, eight o'clock, there would be not a soul on the golf course, so what I would do, I would just go out there and I would just empty my bag of golf balls. I'd, I'd play, like, 30 golf balls at a time. You could, you know, drop them hundred yards from the green and hit 30 wedges into a green and hit different shots and, you know, hit tee shots, wherever you'd want, you know, there's no one, no one going to be out there bugging you. So that was the best practice. I, I, I did. I very rarely hit range balls when I was, well, probably up until I was 15 years old, 16 years old, because I would just go on the golf course and that was my practice. I could stay out there for four hours and basically do whatever I wanted. Wow. That's awesome. And it leads right into like, you know, like my next points here. And this is kind of a long one, so bear with me, but, 
you know, 2004, 06, 07, SAS junior team member. Uh, you know, he played in four Canadian junior championships. How are you? You know, member of, you know, CJGA Team Canada 05, Stephen Ames Cup. Um, in 2007, MJT Player of the Year. Uh, I believe my cousin was that, Ryan Vallali. Uh, not a bad player. Oh, yeah. And um, Really good player. Yeah, so I, I'm just curious, you know, you just mentioned how you practice and you put the work in. Uh, and I thought I did a lot of work as a junior, but clearly, um, you know, you just had more, maybe more time, or you, you just love the game. And, and I have to ask about some of your junior golf and, and your success. Um, clearly, it wasn't luck. So just walk us through, you know, your, your junior time and, uh, you know, what all that uh, kind of played into. Obviously, we'll get into some men's stuff after, but just uh, touching your junior career. Yeah, well, you're probably going to think I'm a complete psychopath after telling you like what I did as a junior because I was just I was just borderline of like obsessed with with getting better at, at golf like just on my own I didn't have a I didn't have a, like, a golf coach but my stepdad Dave he was he he taught me how to hold a golf club properly you know how to swing the way you know within tempo you know be smooth you know keep your head down you know make sure you're still when you're putting and all that he taught me basically all of the all the stepping stones to get better in the game. Yeah. And uh, even to this day, even if, if, if we haven't played golf, like if I live in North Palafford now, so we don't get to play as much golf together as we, as we used to. But even, even today, you know, if I'm hitting a batter uh, playing with him and, and, you know, I'm getting pissed off out there, he'll, he'll still pick up on things that maybe I'm doing wrong that, that he's noticed over the years. Cause he knows my swing better than anybody. Yeah. So he, he'll just say a couple things here and there and, and usually it works. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, junior golf, I, uh, like I said, I was just obsessed with getting better. I would just go to the chipping green and just chip from 50 yards and in. You know, some days I would only spend the entire day at the chipping green just doing that with wedges because I was just, I was obsessed with spinning the golf ball when I could win. Yeah. When I was old <laughs> enough to watch on TV that you can see those, those tour pros, you know, hit those wedge shots you know, skip it in there, stop it on a dime or, or spin it back like 20 feet. I was just like, how the heck do you do that? And as a kid, you don't, you don't play expensive golf balls. You know, you're eight, nine, 10 years old. You, you play what you find in the trees, right? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, you're trying out, you're trying to spin a pinnacle gold. Well, everybody knows that doesn't work so well, right? Like you can't, <laughs> you can't spin nothing. Those things are just like rocks, right? Yeah. So, but I was so, I wanted to spin the golf ball so bad with a wedge that that's why I kept practicing my short game. And I would just chip and chip and find different ways and, and mess around with it. And it was just like an obsession. I just had to figure it out, figure it out. And uh, I got to the point where I could start spinning. didn't matter what golf ball it was. Like, it just, I could stop it on a dime. And then once I figured it out, you know, play a Pro V1. Or, or when I was that young, it was like, a, it was kind of like the tour professional type yeah. of tour professional ball. Yeah, <laughs> so if you found one of those, that was the best. And then they came out with the Pro V. And then once you figure that out, it was just, it was insane. It was just so, I would just have so much fun just hitting short game shots after short game shots, putting, chipping. And then I would go on the golf course if I, I felt like it. And, and then I hit some longer shots. But most of the time when I was a kid, it was just, it was just strictly short game. Well, that's interesting to know. I mean, and, and you mentioned that just like, obviously how much practice you do and, you know, wedge game and, it's important because I mean, like even I look at you know Abe Answer, you know, or like my cousin Caddy, Caddy's for him. Um, you know, he's a two sixty five maybe carry in the air. Um, but I yeah. see the shots that he gets on his Instagram pages or whatever it is, and they're twenty yard chip shots, and he's ripping this back. And I'm like, yeah. 
how like, do you have vaseline on their wedge or you know what's kind of the old saying they put wax on your blade you can do the crosby yeah, yeah. right so oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's crazy to see that from those guys and then obviously from yourself obviously you found something that worked and clearly i'm assuming now you spin the ball like nuts i'd imagine <laughs> i can only well uh, you, i lost a bit of the short game over the last few years i haven't played as much golf you know in the last five or six years as as i probably should have but uh yeah but like how i found that out as a as a kid in our living room i don't think the parents know this so when they <laughs> this, uh, sorry mom sorry dave <laughs> but in our living room in our house it wasn't a very big living room but i don't know i would say it was probably like 15 feet by 15 feet or 20 foot you know maybe like 400 square feet but this yeah, just tight we nippers this, well we had this rug that it was it was pretty short rug but it had some had some cushion to it it was like just enough cushion that you could like hit these little pitch these little chip shots but it was it was the grass uh, not the grass the rug was tight <laughs> enough where you had to you had to make perfect contact or else you're sculling it through the wall or else you're just chunking it right you were hitting golf balls so, in the house like real ones i was hitting yeah but oh. so, so i take my 60 degree wedge and that was this is why you probably think i was psychopathic because i was just i wanted to stop that ball before it hit the wall because i would get major shit if, if my parents came home and there was a dent in the living room wall like i gotta explain this right so so that was more pressure i'm sure that i felt more pressure in that living room than i than i did making a putt to win a saskam i could i could guarantee you that actually <laughs> so no kidding I would, I, yeah so i would just try just hit these little nippers in the living room and i got so i could take damn near a half swing and hit these little nippers that would just you know fly two feet off the ground and as soon as they would hit they would just grab and they, i could get them to spin back like six feet in the living room wow that's uh six, feet, six inches sorry not six feet just just six inches back in the living room it would just it would just hop and just rip back and stop and then when i got to the golf course it was just like night and bike. day yeah that's yeah. nuts okay yeah, so that's that's how i found out of that's awesome okay well i, I want to ask too because I, I mentioned already you know 2001 you know, my uh, Ryan wins uh, MJT Player of the Year. He's in all the magazines, yada, yada, yada. In 2007, you're the MJT Player of the Year. I'm an alumni, won five-time tour event winner. How are you? But your resume is a little better than mine, and I mean by a little, I mean a lot. So uh, 07, MJT Player of the Year. Um, you know, what did that mean for you? You know, you and your family and all the hard work. Oh, it meant a lot. Uh yeah, it meant, it meant uh, it was really, really special to win. I didn't have, I didn't even realize that I was kind of in the running for it, to tell you the truth. But I had a string of, of tournaments that summer, and I managed to win them. And and uh, went to Scotland for the, we had a little Ryder Cup match against uh, Kingdom of Fife that year. Nice. So that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, but like it was, it was a really good summer as, as a junior player. Didn't get to didn't get the Saska Junior that year. But, uh, you know, I won three MGT events, and, and I played really well that, that year. And, uh, yeah, I was just – I was pretty honored to, to, to win that, that's for sure. That's awesome. Okay, well, and quickly here before my next point here, are you number 11 on the SAS top 25? Is that what it was, or n- number 8? I, no, I think I'm number 11. Number 11, okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty generous. Well, that's uh, your peers, uh, you know, voting that in. So I just wanted to make sure I was correct on that, and I'm a stat guy, so <laughs> – um okay you mentioned north battleford you know you, you moved there a couple of years ago what a track that is that place is mint oh, as so i'm looking at uh, i'm looking unreal. at tory pines right now it looks like that place um and yeah, I also, green tier, just amazing yeah they're so nice and i found out after round one 
uh, everything flows to the river. So that's uh, my yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> is for sure. Uh, you know, I just talked about you know, I mean, it's kind of a change. You know, you're not a professional golfer by any means, but I mean, uh, you're still a stud golfer, and and I just want to know what it's like playing on a you know an 18 hole course now full time. Uh, obviously, when you can. It's such a treat now, you know. When you when you don't when you don't play at an eighteen old golf course and, and you get used to a nine old golf course, you don't you don't really know what you're missing, right? You just you're so used to playing nine holes, and then once you get to the eighteen eighteen old golf course and eighteen different holes, it just makes it so much fun. I just uh, couldn't believe the difference. Like I just I, I enjoy playing this golf course so much. Um, I enjoy the ranger. I'm kind of still a ranger at. I love getting golf balls. I never get tired of practicing. It just almost relaxing going to the range and and you know winding down after day work just going to hit a couple buckets of golf balls and and uh yeah the golf course here is is so so good uh, the greens are unbelievable they're always quick like you said everything runs to the river there's a couple of greens out here that definitely definitely run to the river if you're not careful <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick it's a quick five putt and uh you just move to the next tee so yeah, I can't say enough good things about the Battle for, no, Battle for Golf Country Club. Like Dana Johnson, the head pro there, he's always been good to me. Even when, I'm, when I haven't been a member here, he's always been really, really good to me. So, so yeah, I couldn't be happy about that. Okay, so I, I, I want to get to this topic here, and it's, you know, important for me because I want to know. And, um, you know, you went to, and correct me if I'm wrong here, someone told me how to say this the other day, but Temecula? Oh, yeah. Is that how you say it? Uh, Temecula. Temecula, California, and, uh, yes, you know, you were there for a professional golfer's career college, um, you know, more side of a, a, a college for the business side of golf. Now, as we get into this, we're going to talk about, obviously, how how well decorated you are as an amateur. Um, like, no college golf, hey? Like, let's talk about this. Obviously, what was that experience like, and uh, was there any college offers on the table to play golf as well? Well, I didn't write my SATs in high school, so that kind of put that to, to rest. But I didn't really, I didn't really have uh, a desire to play college golf. I guess. I, really? Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I when I was a junior, like my last year junior, I was thinking about maybe I wanted to maybe try play professionally, maybe just go straight to the Canadian Tour. And I didn't really know what I was gonna do after high school, kind of thing. I didn't have, uh, didn't really have any plans. I just didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really want to commit to anything. Um, I did go to UBC for a tryout there. Justin Stosky and myself actually went at the same time for a visit there and uh, ended up not going there, not committing there. But, uh, yeah, I ended up going to Temecula to the PGCC there. Actually, a good friend of mine uh, who I grew up with playing golf in, in St. Walbert, Cass, Cass Ritz, like he went to the PGCC. And uh, he went all four, all four semesters. And that was four semesters and you graduate. But yeah, like you said, the school is more, uh, more or less for the business side. And I, I kind of went there thinking that maybe this could be like a stepping stone to get to the pro side. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and actually, you know what I met, uh, there, there was a guy, there was an instructor down there. He taught the, uh, I forget what the actual name of the class was, but it was just golf swing. We just learned about the golf swing. It was uh, how to be a, uh, an instructor, basically. His name is Brian Siemens, and he actually uh, he played a little bit on some mini tours, and uh, he taught a couple couple PGA Tour players. I can't remember exactly who, but he taught a couple of them. He was their instructor for a little bit, so he was teaching us, uh, you know, everything he knew about the golf swing and, and how to be an instructor in that. And and uh, I was hitting golf balls on the range at, at one of the courses there, and he was kind of came behind me and was watching me hit golf balls. And 
I didn't even know he was there to t- at the start. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just heard him say, hey, hit me a fade. So I hit a fade. I was just hitting nine irons to the green, what, 150 yards out, just hitting little three-quarter nines. And I was hitting the green, and he said, hey, hit a fade. So I'd hit a fade, and i hit the green. And then he'd say, draw it. So I'd hit a draw, and then he'd say, fade it again. So I did, this went on for probably 10 minutes. And I went on a roll for probably 15, 15 to 20 balls in a row. I, I hit that green, and it was just a 10-foot circle. So I was, I was wow. hitting it pretty good. And uh, he said he wanted to talk to me the next day. And this was towards the end of my first semester. I only stayed there for one semester. And uh, so we got to school the next day, and, and I went to his office, and he said that he had some contacts that he would like to, to give me. They, they, you know, they sponsor golfers. They put together packages, and yeah. he said he wanted me to meet him. And this was towards the end of the semester, and he said, yeah, well, we'll get into it next semester. And then uh, he ended up getting moved to the Orlando campus that between the first and second semester so that kind of went out the window and i didn't hear from him again so i kind of got excited you know i i thought maybe this is my chance and uh you know it didn't work out and and uh you know the school the that school was for the business side and i didn't think i wanted to get into the business side so i just left after semester but man playing golf every day in california uh with the tuition for that for that uh school you got to play i think there's 20 tracks you you go there you, you pay a dollar to play Wow. That was the deal with the school. Yeah, you just played dollar, and these are like these are sick tracks you get to play. No so we played every single day. Yeah, every single day uh, we had a home course where we could practice whenever we wanted. So that is that is definitely where I I had, I was playing my best golf. That is for sure. It was was towards the end of that semester. That's awesome, man. Okay, already Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Wink, wink. You know what? It's tired of getting, um, using the old BIC one. It's time to start using Manscaped. Get 20% off free shipping with the code HOSL20 at manscaped.com. It's 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code HOSL20. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. Check them out. They work. Trust me. Don't use a, a Bic anymore. Okay. All right, Scotty. Right into the amateur talk here. 09-2010. Sask amateur champion. You win one. Not not one, but two. First off, what was that like? It was... That was pretty awesome. To win Lloyd. Lloyd was only... Lloyd Mr. Golf Course was only 45 minutes from St. Walbert. So it was almost like a home track i played that course quite a few times over the years in, in junior golf events there and uh yeah i was just it was un, unreal I, you know i i thought i was playing good enough to win going into that tournament and uh you know i thought if i could just you know get the ball off the tee that's kind of where a ball struggles off the tee if i drive the ball well i usually i usually have a decent round so i thought if i get off the tee for a week here i have a good shot at it and yeah, that Lloyd track, though, that was probably the toughest setup that I've played for a Saskam. That is for sure. Um, anybody who remembers it will know that, that the greens are basically like trampolines. Um, <laughs> you couldn't, if you were in the rough, it didn't matter if you had a wedge in your hand. You, you'd have to land it 10 yards short and roll it up. If not, if you landed in the middle of the green, you know, that ball's bouncing 10 feet in the air and 20 yards ahead. So so it was it was so, so hard to put a premium on hitting the fairways, and it was just so tough, and and playing uh, that final round, it was Jim Bourne, who's a, who's a legend in that area. You know, he's a hell of a player, hell of a guy. And uh, yeah, we duked it out in the last, in the final round there. And, and, and that was, that was very, very tough. Cause like he, he knows that golf course better than anybody. 
I mean, that guy's probably played it 10,000 times, right? So, yeah. you know, you know, to to play with Jim in the final round and, and come out on top was pretty special. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, I was told by a unanimous uh, source, which amateur were you pitching the night before the final round? That was... <laughs> that was That's uh, a psycho move. Probably, that was probably <laughs> Daniel Rockman who told you that. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, we... Uh, I was picked up... I played senior baseball at the time, too. And uh, I was picked up by the Mervyn Flyers to play... Uh, to, to pitch and, and play baseball with them. And we had a we had a play-in series against Meadow Lake that we needed to win the series to go to provincials. So uh, I was slated to pitch the second <laughs> game, and uh, yeah, I had to pitch. Pitched two hitter. We won two one or three one, and yeah, I went to final round the next day. Arm was a little sore, back was a little sore, but uh, by about the second hole, we were all good to go. You do eat pizza with a fork and knife. No, um, no, I, that's a psycho move. That's unreal, man. Because I I <laughs> was just playing adult safe hockey before the sas jam at the dakota dunes in 18 maybe 17 um yep. and i had like a freak accident going in the boards at the end of the period and i was in the merge all night and then i was in like uh two days later i was on the road to the dunes and luckily enough we're allowed to use power carts otherwise i couldn't get to i probably wouldn't have played no way went, that's crazy oh yeah bung my knee up guy stuck his stick right in my tuck my right leg went under Oops. my left went into the boards full speed and uh yeah, the rest is history. Uh, I walked away uh, with uh, some tore, uh, sore LCM. I don't know what the hell that is, but uh, I was all right. So I had a good week. Sounds important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PhD <laughs> in life over here. Um, <laughs> okay, so and obviously, like, like you played in seven Canadian Am championships. Uh, you know, three Canadian Mid Am championships. I'm 25 this year now, so uh, so heads up. But um, oh, yeah, that's the best. <laughs> Mid Ams are the best. I, I want to talk about those, obviously, you know, maybe, you know, you give us some of your experience from your first one, uh, but also Danny Kluhart asked, how was it playing in the second last group of the third round of the 2010 Canadian Amateur? Oh, that was, that was, that was pretty neat. That was pretty wild, actually. Yeah, that, that was probably the best, best golf I played at a, at a national event. I didn't really keep it together to finish off the tournament, but, uh, yeah, actually, that that actually that whole Canadian Am was was the best the best venue that I've experienced so far. Um, they had it at two courses. It was the first year they they had had the two course kind of format. Okay. And it was Red Tail Country Club, which is like probably the most private golf club in in Canada. Like this this golf course is just in the middle of nowhere outside of London, and uh, he's got a a mansion for a clubhouse. It's just it's literally a house. It's this guy's private golf course, and its course is just absolutely insane. It's just absolutely mint. One of the toughest tracks you've ever played. So that was one of our courses. And the other course is the London Hunt Club, which they've hosted a couple LPG Tour events. So, so we were pretty lucky to play there. And uh, yeah, I think I was, I think I was four under going into the third round. So that put me in the second last group. And and my partners were uh, Lion Kim, who was the U.S. Publings champion at the time, and uh, Eugene Wong, who was a member of the of uh, Team Canada. Wow. So, yeah, I got to play with them, and and yeah, it was a pretty good treat. Those guys are those guys are good, man. Those guys can get the ball in the hole. That is for sure. Seen that firsthand. You know, when you think you're playing pretty, you think you're a pretty decent golfer, and then you you watch those guys get it on the course. You know, it yeah. uh, sure shows you how hard you got to work to get to that point. Absolutely. Well, I was going to ask too. Have you ever had the privilege of playing with uh, Garrett Rank? No, I have never played with him, but uh, been in a few tournaments. Uh, 
where he's played as well, a few Canadian mids and a few Canadian ams, and uh, just uh, just got to hit, just watch him hit golf balls here and there, and and yeah, he he gets he, as you can tell from his success, he yeah. he gets the ball in the hole too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can move it. Dude, that's unreal. Okay, so I, I have to ask this question because I asked all the guys that come on to play in Canadian mids and Canadian men's M's, and uh, I'd never been, hopefully, um, yet. I hope I can oh, go one day. There. You'll get there. One day. You'll get there. Oh, um, yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> I appreciate that, honestly, or just being humble. Um, <laughs> you know, some uh, some of the best stories that you might have, uh, you know, more so these lead to off the course. Uh, maybe there's on the course stuff. Uh, just uh, something for the listeners and all your buddies that are listening to uh, this podcast. Oh man, there's so there's so many stories, you know, on and off the golf course. I know you had Dave Stewart on here. Oh yeah, at the beginning of the yeah, I think that was last March or so. I can't yeah, remember. coming up like that almost a year now. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, that was a time when when he said we were driving driving to victoria there we drove all night long and and i don't think none of us slept a wink everyone was so excited <laughs> you know that was a memorable trip um but as for funny story it's, it's hard to put a put we, we can one jump that one and come back to it that's fine yeah i might have to come back to that one i have to get might give that one a little more thought here Alrighty. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Air Canada Championship. You know, I, I know you mentioned off the record, uh, your, your mom entered you for a contest. My mom does the same stuff to me all the time. Um, yeah. You know, PGA Tour event in BC. Uh, you go inside the ropes. You know, you watch that event. What was that like? You, have, you got, and correct me if I'm wrong. Lessons from guys, um, Cooch, uh, Aaron Badley, Goggin, uh, James Dreiskall, Charles Howell III. Um, like were, were they amateurs or pros? You know, just they walked us through that uh, whole they, sequence. I think I think Cooch, I think Coocher, uh, Driscoll, and maybe Charles Howell. They might have been amateurs for sure. Cooch was because he was like the big, like he had such a, he had a big amateur career. Yeah, and I think he he got the invite to come up there. So, yeah, Cooch was for sure. But yeah, yeah, like you said, she entered for a contest, and I don't. You know, probably entered, forgot about it, and then end up winning. So we got to go there inside the ropes and like share, take five fans in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, basically, uh, I think that was before the that was pre Facebook days. But uh, what's Facebook? But yeah, a lot of same okay. thing along the lines of that. Um, yeah, I got to go inside the rope. Well, watch a couple of rounds, and then uh, yeah, go inside the ropes. There was there was a bunch of kids there. I think there was probably fifty or so kids. I got to do the same thing, and yeah, it was pretty cool. It was. Uh, it definitely made me like the game more just seeing you know a pga tour venue for the first time like it was just a wide-eyed kid it was just crazy yeah aaron battley was the instructor for me so yeah so at the time, I did, walk us through the that time, i didn't really know much yeah at the time i didn't really know much about that about about him you know he's you know these amateur guys are these guys who were just coming up in the pro ranks you know all all of this, as a kid growing up all you know cared about was tiger yeah so yeah so these guys are out there teaching us and yeah he you know you'd hit about 10 15 golf balls and, and you know he'd maybe change your grip a bit or tell you what to do and and uh just quick little pointers which was which was pretty cool as a kid you know just you know it probably went in one ear and out the other because you're starstruck down in there with a pg tour in the range but uh it was pretty special dude that's awesome okay well and i i, I gotta get to this question at this point here because you know we have lots of questions i said but uh you know a huge huge advocate for the mjt um you know it did a lot for me when i was playing um, you know, Jeff Chambers, you know, your, your golf coach since you were, you were 15 or so, um, you've been getting le- lessons with him to this day. 
you know, what sort of impact did he have on you as a player and still, you know, like I said, as decorated as you are, um, just talk about, you know, Jeff and, and what he had an impact on, on your golf game. Um, yeah, he's a definitely one of the top two, maybe even the top guy that I'd have to give credit to for, for all my amateur successes because, you know, I didn't meet Jeff until the, the, uh, was a Swift Current Jr. I think that was 2004, maybe. Swift Current Jr., he was a, he was a pro there and it was the first year he was uh, on board with SAS Golf. So he was actually the, uh, the guy that would come with us to, to the national events. He was our chaperone or, or coach, I guess. So that was the first time I met him. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of a funny story about that. How how I met him was uh, the first round at that junior event. Uh, I didn't play practice round at, at Swift Current. Uh, we I didn't have my license, so I had to wait for my parents to drive me. And uh, we own a restaurant in St. Walbrook, so we couldn't leave till till probably I think it was eight o'clock at night, and it's about a five and a half hour drive to Swift. So we drove drove all night and got there at you know one two in the morning, and and I got up and I played the first round and then ended up shooting sixty six, which was like. I was not even, th- well, I wasn't, I was, I think I was 14, 15 years old. I'd never shot anything like that on an 18 year old golf course ever. Fuck. It just no sleep came too. so, it so just good. came right out, I came out <laughs> of the blue, it just out of nowhere and it, I got surprised me, but, but I, I always think back to that, that round was kind of the round that showed me that I could, you know, I could play golf with these guys because I had played in two juniors previous to that and, and I didn't make, I, I didn't make the cut in Meadow Lake, but I made the cut in North Balfour, but didn't place anywhere near the top. And I was kind of like, man, like these guys are good. Like, I don't know if I can get much better. And, and then I, I played that round and I was like, okay, I, I can do this. I, I can hang with these guys. So Jeff was a pro there and, uh, he was he was he was like who the heck is this kid this kid from St. Walberg like shooting 66 out here like what the hell he's like, I gotta go check this kid out so he goes out on the golf course to find me and uh, I'm on hole eight and hole the old hole eight they switched a bunch of holes up yeah. to Elmwood it's yeah it's completely different but the old hole eight at, at Elmwood was a short par three with a wedge and as I said earlier in the uh, pod here. I was obsessed with spin, right? So I'm 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 at this hole eight, and this hole is like a hundred yards. It's playing like just a little bit in the breeze. It's a front pin, and all I'm thinking about is like, man, I could just rip a 56 oh, yeah. as hard as I can, and this thing's gonna land on the back of the green, and this thing is gonna spin, right? I didn't know Jeff was down there, so I hit this wedge, and it does exactly the same. It hits the back of the green, and if you ask Jeff about this, he said all I saw was his ball hit the green. He said it hops up. And it st- it just stayed in one place, and it just ripped back, and it ripped off the front of the green. But he said, but he said as it was spinning, it started hopping. It had so much spin on it, and I I end up missing the green. But I, like I said, I just love spinning the ball. I didn't even care where that ball went. I was like, well, that thing that was pretty sick, right? So that's how Jeff Jeff was like, holy shit, what the hell was that? So that that was how I met Jeff Chambers. That, that hole right there, he had a good laugh about that. But wow. yeah, like he yeah, since that moment, man, he he has been he's been pretty pretty awesome for me um he he basically taught, I, I i would just hit shots when i practice i would just want to hit shots hit shots and i didn't really spend much time on uh you know thinking the game like but having a game plan i was just like man i'm gonna hit this ball here and then next I'm, yeah that looks like what hit here right so he taught me a lot to do with course management and uh and a little bit more about swing mechanics and you know the purpose of like you know, if I have the club here, this is what's going to happen. You know, if I do this, this is what's going to happen, kind of thing. And and when things go wrong on the golf course, you got to figure it out quick, or else or else you're going to be 
you're going to be hooped, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's really, really big on that. Uh, you know, he, he taught me basically how to, you know, quick fixes in the middle of a round just to keep your round going because you, you need to do that to have success. So, you know, he's taught me a lot of things. He's became a really, really, really close friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just appreciate everything he's done for me. Awesome, man. That's perfect. Okay, so I, I have to ask now before we go into our questions from the gallery, like I said, there's tons. Um, you know, what is some advice you could give, well, me, first off, and obviously all the young players out there and obviously the veteran players on what it takes to win, you know, not one, but two, but just even one SAS jam and just have such a successful career. Um, obviously, you mentioned you practice a ton, but uh, just give us your insight on, you know, what it takes to uh, get the job done. I just think the number one thing is you gotta you gotta have fun. If you're not having fun, it doesn't matter what you do, if it's golf or your job or, or whatever it is. If you're not having fun, like you're not into it at all, you you might as well just go home. So like I've I've always had fun on the golf course. Um, if I didn't have fun on the golf course, I, I, I didn't I would play. And actually, you know what? I did I did take a year off golf. Uh, played a little bit here and there, but like I wasn't having fun, so I, I just didn't want to play. So I wasn't gonna put myself through that. So I would just say you know, have fun out there, you know, don't take it too serious. Um, obviously, you know, there's time, there's a time and a place to take it serious, but like, if you're just out there having fun, you know, things take care of themselves. Like if you're, if you're out there in a competition, just, just do your best, you know, put the practice, put the practice time in, um, just be confident, be confident, have fun. And you'd be surprised what happens out there. Absolutely. Already off to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Birch Supply Company. Birch Supply is a Canadian clothing brand based out of Saskatchewan. The company was founded by two lifelong friends who represent their passion for style, the outdoors, and good times through their clothing. Birch Supply Company strives to be involved in the community and bring you quality Canadian-made products. You can check out their current lineup and get the down low on all, all new arrivals through their Instagram page, at Birch Supply. That's at Birch Supply. Check them out. Their clothing is unreal. Uh, I love the shirts, and I'm looking forward to their new crewnecks, and their hats look money. Okay. Scotty T. A lot of, I'm calling it Scotty T now. Like we're best buds now. So it's, it's, uh, that's, what, that's what everyone calls me, Scotty T. Scotty well, I didn't find a new nickname because we're uh, becoming different zone just on the podcast here. So <laughs> uh, There's a lot of questions, but we're going to try and rip through these. Uh, you know, Not like Stapes. Stapes had a lot of uh, long answers, but... First one, I am uh, hoping you know this guy because I, I didn't know a name, but his handle is on the Hritz. Um, <laughs> who is and forever will be champion of the universe? <laughs> that's that uh, Cass Hritz like I was telling you about. Okay, uh, that's Cass. Okay. Shout out to Cass. Yeah, so, no free ads. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's so funny. We were, we were chatting about this, this, this the other day. Um, so when, we, when I was young, like, uh, be more towards my teenage years. Um, he, he, I got it. Kind of got him into the game of golf. He, he would go out with his dad and, and and play, and and he's you know starting to like it, starting to like it. So then uh, I can't remember the exact time me and him started playing together, but yeah, he caught the golf bug hard, hard, like very, very hard. Like it was, it is by far his favorite sport. Like I said, he went to the PGCC. Uh, he ended up being a golf instructor out in out in BC for a few years. Now he now he's uh, in a band. He's the lead singer of a band. So. Uh, but yeah, so we, you know, as a kid, you don't really have, you know, money to bet, 
you know, you know, you're going to play nine holes, you know, play for five bucks or whatever. But we hardly ever have money. If we want a pro v one, we go look for them in the trees. Like honest to God, like we, we want to get golf balls, we go yeah. look for them. So, so and we are both very, very competitive. And and I don't know exactly how it started, but we started this thing. Like, okay, we dropped one golf ball. It was just one shot, and it was for champion of the university college. So like. <laughs> No matter what, you were the best after that shot, right? And the winner would just rub it in so bad. And because we were both so competitive, it just it was the worst. Like, you didn't want to lose this. So, like, that, and even to this day, we, we always talk about this champion of the universe, and he's, he's got it right now. And I, we haven't played together in a, in a few years, so he's had the champion of the universe for a while. But what it is is just one golf shot. You drop it wherever you want. The champion of the universe gets to pick what shot you're going to hit. They get to pick who goes first, and close to the pin gets to win it. And I'm telling you, it was serious business, like <laughs> the most serious business. When it was when when you'd call it, Kate, you know, the shot right here, I'm putting it on the line. It was like all systems go, like you got to hit the best shot of your life. Wow. And yeah, it was just, it was just a blast, and, and we wouldn't let anybody anybody go for it. We had another mutual friend in St. Walbert. He'd, he'd always try to get in there. He's like, "Hey, man, like let let me play in this." We're like, "No, no, that's nothing to do with you. You don't deserve to be champion in the universe. There's not a chance you get to play for this ever. So get the hell out of here." And uh, it just bugged him so bad he could play in it. But yeah, that was casted and my, and our thing that we champion the universe. That was. That was our masters, basically that one shot. That's and it wasn't awesome. like every time you played, every time we played with each other, it wasn't like you'd put it down. Like that's how much it meant to us. It was just like, kind of a stupid thing, but but you know we talk about it to this day. And uh, if you're if you're champion of the universe, you were the man at that time. That's awesome, man. That's uh, yeah. The dirty, like I said, the dirty bugger. He's out right now, so we gotta. <laughs> I gotta. I almost feel like flying out there just to hit one shot, just to get it and bring it back home. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, next question here. This may be a past question, but I hope not. Um, it's from Anonymous. Uh, did you have any fun off the course at the Canadian Am in Quebec? Oh, yeah. We had a pretty decent time there. I think that was 2009. Yeah, yeah. You know, Montreal, that's a pretty good city to go to. And, uh, yeah, we definitely had some fun there, that's for sure. Those stories might be for maybe for another time, but uh, <laughs> I, can, I can assure you, uh, the the SAS team we uh, represented well off the off the golf course there. That's for sure. Okay, we'll we'll talk about off the record. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it was kind of funny. Actually, at that, uh, we used to have there used to be team event like team dinners, and yeah, yeah. they kind of they, they've kind of they they don't really do that anymore at the, at the, at the team events. It's kind of more like uh, you guys ruined it cocktail hour. Yeah. And <laughs> they kind of have order order there, but they used to have like a full on dinner. You'd go there uh, the night before the tournament and each team would, you know, dress up in their, in their jackets, their team jackets and uh, sit down for lunch. They'd introduce each team and, uh, you know, go through everybody. And then you'd have a nice dinner and, and kind of have a bullshit and then go home. But it's uh, every year it was always, team Sasker and one of the maritime or if not all the maritime provinces would be the last teams left there and they usually have at the at the amateur events they'd have bottles of wine on the table yeah and yeah so like bc and alberta and then quebec and ontario you know they're all business going to these events and you know they very rarely touch a bottle of wine so at the end of Soft. at the end of the night you know it'd just be the maritimers and, and manitoba and saskatchewan they'd all just be crushing every single <laughs> bottle of wine left there you know free wine we just you're taking samples off the tables yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll finish that. Taking it up, yeah, yeah. Even when they, you know, when they were trying to pour themselves a glass of wine, we just run up and steal the bottle right out of their hand. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, you, uh, Scotty T and the team at every event was uh, represented well at Golf Sass, so uh, just uh, relax. Okay, yeah. Corey Schomer asked, I'm sure you know who that is. Um, oh my God, the best short game <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I love it. Okay, first off, and I believe this is uh, your Dave is a uh, step, is it your dad, correct? Yeah, he's my stepfather. Yeah. Okay, so for he asked how much how much it helped to have Dave Dupuy guiding you at such a young age. He said he pushed you so hard. Also, Corey, I mentioned to say hello and hope all is well. Oh, right on. Yeah, I haven't talked to Corey in a while. He's a good dude. He was the only head professional that St. Albert the Elks golfers ever had. He was there for I think just one season, but. Uh, yeah, good to hear from Corey. Hope all's out of him too. Um, yeah, you know what? He 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 did push me hard, but it was never it was never over the top. Like I was never never pissed off at him for doing it by any means. I just I was I love golf so much, and and he loved it too. So you know that was that was one of the many things that we him and I had in common. And uh, yeah, like like most of my success lies lies definitely with with Dave. That's for sure. He. Uh, he taught me the ropes and taught you pretty much all I know about the game. And, uh, you know, I could definitely could have done it without him. So, uh, it was, it was awesome to have him there. He, yeah, he, he never, he never overdid it at one point. Never. I can't remember one time that, that I was upset with him for, you know, making me go play here or, or playing like that. And, and it was good to have him as a scratch golfer because as a kid, you know, you, you don't really get to being a scratch golfer until, yeah. You, you know, early in your teens kind of thing. So I was always trying to beat him, always trying to beat him. And I'm, I'm a very, very competitive guy. So, you know, once I, once I did that, I can't remember the age I did it, but once I did that, man, that was, that was the Stanley cup right there. Awesome. Okay. Well, Dave Stewart, uh, Greg's fencing is kind of all collab and the same question. And obviously, uh, Who are those guys? <laughs> yeah, not a big deal. Pretty good players. <laughs> no, <laughs> Dave's a beauty. Both those guys are sweating too. So Davey and Greg, and also uh, Danny's uh, question here, Hagel, uh, who had to miss out today on in the interview due to an illness. But low round, but also this all kind of portrays, I'm assuming, into do you prefer knowing or not knowing whether a course record is in jeopardy during the SAS amateur? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, before you uh, answer this question, Scotty T, I'm yeah. probably dummy in this, the official. They're fighting. It's happening. Like if I yeah. if I'm on the verge of uh, uh, you know breaking the record or setting it or whatever it is, there may be fists flying around. Anyways, I'll let you answer this question. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good story. Uh, I was playing with Tanner White and Ashley Ziggerman. Uh, everybody knows those guys, especially Ziggy. Man, Ziggy's a character. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, third round of the 2010 Sask at the Willows and. I shot 29 on the front at Bridges, and I, I just I could not miss that day. How are you? It was just it was just one of those days. It didn't matter what shot I hit, what putt I hit, it was going down. So I shot 21 on uh, or 21, 29 on on Bridges. <laughs> so I was seven under going to the back nine and playing Zena. Oh, and uh, love that. Track. So so I kind of all right at that point. I was like, man, like I'm playing good today. Probably shouldn't have thought this, but I was like, fuck. Like, 59 is not out of the question here. Like, Zena, Zena is gettable. You, you know how the Willows is. Yeah. You can hit the golf ball absolutely anywhere. And you can still end up with a decent Score, yeah. putt, right? So, uh, I was uh, playing good. I I think I was 
nine under after 16 when this happened. But I had lipped out the previous holes too for birdie, and I was just kind of a bit ticked off. But anyway, so I leave this birdie putt on the lip uh, on 16, tap it in for, for, for par. So I'm nine under head to 70 T. I, it wasn't a rules official, but it was it was like a staff golf official. I think he just he just helped with the event kind of thing, and uh, he's standing there and, and he knew I was seven under after nine, so he was just kind of hanging around like holes like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen kind of deal. So I'm walking off the green and, and he's like, "Hey, Scotty, like, what do you got?" I said, uh, nine under right now," and he's like, "Wow, like, do you know do you know what the course record is?" And I just started laughing like that. That doesn't bother me. It really, honestly, it really doesn't. I I think it's more funny than anything because. You know, that's what you do with your buddies, you know, when you're playing around just on the weekend, just, you know, yeah. drinking beers and stuff. If they're having a good round, of course, you're going to let them know, like, man, you're having a decent round. You ought to just try. So shut up. Shut and, up. And, 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 I, yeah. I don't want to blow yeah, it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just want to get under their skin. So I thought it was hilarious. You know, I just, it didn't bother me. But it definitely bugged Ziggy. That is for sure. Because Ziggy just has teed off on this guy. Like, just, <laughs> just told him, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, shut your fucking mouth. Like, are you are you kidding me right now? Like we're on hole seventeen T and you're dropping this. She's like, get he's like, get out of here. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you doing? And the look on the poor kid's face, like like he was He was just, a kid? Oh, oh, he was like he was probably like early twenties. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he he was he it's wasn't like he wasn't an older guy by any means. Like, yeah, he he was pretty young. And pretty he was pumped like, for you, yeah. Oh, he was. That's that was that was why I didn't care, because you know he was he was excited for sure, right? So he looked like his dog is lost now. He's like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Like, did I, oh, my God, I hope he gets this ball off the tee. Double, like, double if, finish? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I, if I finish, like, if I finish, like, quadruple, quad, quad, quin, quadruple bully, like, he's going to he's gonna just resign right there, guaranteed. So I thought it was funny. Ziggy, Ziggy did not like that one single bit. And luckily, hole 17, I, I remember I hit a, not the best of approach shots in the green. I think it hit it to 25 feet or 20, 25 feet, and I managed to make that birdie. And when I made that birdie, I, I made a point to look great at him because he was falling. And when I looked at him, he kind of gave the forehead wipe little little signal like, oh, thank, thank Christ that you just... That's that, that long-ass part three, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's like, thank God you just did that. So so uh, <laughs> he was out of the doghouse there for sure. But, yeah, that was a pretty good story that... Uh, that quite a few people know they that one made the rounds because they just couldn't believe that happened. So, yeah, luckily uh, made a very putt part in and and uh, got the course record at the Willow that day. And that's sixty two, right? Low is that low round yeah. two, ever? Yeah, that is my well tournament round. Yeah, dude, that's sick. I shot sixty eight one time there in round two to uh, to play Sealander in a two hole playoff or one hole playoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shaved Corey. I beat him that day. Fuck, I felt great, Ooh. but he's a great player. Nice. That guy uh, very, had my number in my good. whole career, so a lot of respect to him. Um, Taylor Afseth asked, baseball, hockey, or golf, which is your number one? We talked about earlier, because uh, he claims you're good at all of them. Uh, and uh, obviously reading all this stat stuff uh, here, not a big deal. Uh, number <laughs> Pretty good at all of them. Um, I would say I'm best at golf. Um, and it's very, very close between baseball and hockey. It's so close. Whereas when I'm when I'm playing baseball, I'm like, man, this is my favorite sport. And then when I get to play, play hockey, I'm like, man, this is definitely my favorite sport. So <laughs> it's tough to pick between the two. But uh, oh, if it came down to it, I'd probably pick hockey. Um, it's just, it's not just playing the game, but it's just being with with the boys. The boys, like it's yeah. Just, it's so it's so good, man. 
there's nothing like it. I it, miss it, it so much right now, just with coaching hockey. Um, it's yeah, it's just killing me, man, killing me not to play. Well, and, and I have to ask too. I guess you know, playing baseball, and this is hilarious. I think. I mean, people might think I'm a weirdo, but playing slow pitch with my friends uh, a couple of years ago, and there was an AM event. I believe it was. Whew, not the dunes before that, Mallorca. I okay. I totally opted out. I was like, "Hey guys, I'll play, but I'm not hitting." Oh, They're yeah, like, "What?" Classic, classic. So I played classic first line. base. Always, I was the best the first baseman in slow pitch beer league uh, you ever seen around here. But yeah, it, like it's crazy. I was just curious, how does that not affect your golf swing? It it definitely does now. It affects it now. I played so I played so much golf and so much baseball as a young kid that. Uh, it took me about two or three swings, vice versa, going from golf to baseball. To it, it felt like it's like my golf swing. I, I golf so much that it felt like it was in a track. If you know what I mean, like yeah. I take my back swing, and I just have to get it in that track. So I would take you know three or four practice swings without hitting a golf ball, just kind of back and forth, and then I get that feeling, and then I'd be like, all right, there's my golf swing, and it was no issue. And vice versa, I go to baseball, and I'd do you know three, four, five swings, and then I'd feel that, and I'd be fine. But uh, as time goes on, and uh, you know, you don't play as much either or it, uh, it's tough to find. It's tough to find it after you've played one, one for a couple months and then you try to play the other. It's, it's definitely hard. It, it definitely takes a soul now. Absolutely. Okay. Travis Bush asked, have you ever drove the green at the, on the Wahlberg par five ninth hole? And <laughs> did you make the putt? Yes. And, and, and yes, kind of asterisk <laughs> though to it, to it though. Uh, it's 200 yards. Leg, no, hard, kidding. hard dog leg, hard dog leg, right? I think the, the yardage on it is like four or something, but it's a, it's a 90 degree dog leg, right? So the yardage goes around it. Mm-hmm. So I think with my sky caddy, I think it was a 330 yard carry because there's water right in front of the green. So you have to hit it over the trees. So it's completely blind shot. You have to, you have yeah. to get it high enough to get over the trees and then you have to carry it all the way. So there's a healthy wind and I teed it up as high as I could. And it was actually in a scramble. So I teed it up as high as I could, and I just smoked it, this high draw, and ended up being on the back of the green. And uh, yeah, I hit the. I was the first one to putt because I wanted to have a crack at it. And yeah, I can her. Wow, what an albatross! I don't, I don't, I don't, I know, I don't really count it as an albatross though, because it's like, you know, you're not supposed to drive a par five. It's not <laughs> in my eyes. In my eyes, number nine in Wahlberg is a par four, so uh, it's kind of. I don't count it though. Fair enough. Okay, this question here is coming directly from me. Uh, it's multiple parter, um, and they're rapid fire. The first two. Are you a fan of uh, sweaters on the golf course? Hundred percent. Okay, so now the next question is: I've noticed from your photos on Instagram, um, you're not a golf shirt kind of guy. No, hate him. Really? Why? Yeah, just I don't know. I just like rocking a t-shirt out there, just being comfy. I probably eyes closed. I probably wouldn't know if I'm wearing a polo or, or a t-shirt, but I don't know what it is. We'll just, you know, wearing it, wearing a t-shirt out there, just, just chilling. I don't know. Just good vibes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> next question. Last one of mine. Um, will you bring the Kangol hat? Do you still wear a Kangol hat? And will you wear it this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I texted yesterday. Uh, yeah, that hat must have been a lucky one. I didn't realize I had it on back-to-back years there in 2009, 2010. A couple pictures snapped there, so I might have to find that bad boy and uh, put it back on for next year's AM. Maybe get some good karma going here. You can get some mojo going. Kayla, well, let me win a mid-AM or a men's AM first, and then you can wear it whenever you want. 
Um, I'll hate you. <laughs> Kyle Duffin mentions a story just how good you are. You know, St. Walbert men's night, he shoots minus three and thought it was the best round he could do up there. He said he walked in the clubhouse and you were a smooth minus five and missed a few short putts. He says you love the game and you're always on the range. Definitely. Definitely always on the range. Um, <laughs> like I, I did, like I told you earlier, I didn't really hit golf balls much until like on the range until I was, you know, 15, getting a little more serious into it. And then, you know, once I got on the range and, and uh, started really working at it, it was just, it was just addicting, you know, just trying to hit better, trying to hit it better, you know, you get that feeling of that perfect shot that comes off your club. You just want to instantly do it again. So that's what I love about it is just trying to find it, trying, yeah. trying to get better and, uh, and just working away at it. And, 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 and it's, it's really, it's almost soothing to hit golf balls on the range of, you know, you put headphones on, get some music going and just, you know, hit golf balls on a nice evening. It's, it's pretty sweet way to, to relax. Absolutely. Okay. Well, there's three questions left here. Uh, Cody Danberg, who was your partner in the two-man scramble tourney this past summer? Who missed the initial putt and then tapped it in? How many strokes did you guys lose by, and if that was a costly mistake by your partner? <laughs> well, that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely Cody Danberg was the partner there. And, uh, yeah, when you're playing the scramble, the rule is if you, uh, if you tap it in, you're in, right? So if you have a if you have a four foot birdie putt and yeah. you know, the first guy go first guy to go and leaves it on the edge and taps it in, well, you just pick up the ball. So yeah, he he wasn't really aware of that, and it was on the second hole, and uh, yeah, he missed the birdie putt, and he's walking slow. He just missed it too, so he was kind of pissed off that he missed it. So he's kind of walking up slow, and I'm I'm crouching down, getting the line on my ball for the line for the putt, and I'm kind of keeping my eye on him because I, I didn't know I didn't, I didn't go over it with him, and I was always thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if he knows about that. So I'm trying to line up my ball, and I'm trying to keep an eye on him. And he goes up and he taps it in as I kind of looked away and I heard it go in the hole. And I looked up and I said, my ball wasn't even touching the grass yet. I'm still holding. Like, did you tap that in? And he goes, yeah, why? And I just picked up the mark and I said, ah, no worries. And I'm like, we're in, we're in for a par, but <laughs> yeah, you, you just can't, you just can't tap it in. And I wasn't mad at all. Cause like it happens. I did that too. When I was younger, I, I did the same thing. So, but it just ate at him all day long. And that was kind of the running joke all day was like, uh, you know, wait, you want to just tap that one in for me. And, and we, even the guys we were playing with were giving it to him pretty good. And, uh, yeah, we ended up losing by a shot that day. So, so that wow. one bugged him. It, I, I'm all good with it. I, I thought it was pretty funny and, uh, it's a good thing to tease him about. That's for sure. That's awesome. Okay. Two more here. Uh, I hoping this is a free ad for the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. favorite beverage after a round of golf. Ice cold crisp beer. What kind? From Molson. Molson, there it is. It's gotta be a Molson product, and that's the only one that tastes good after round. Perfect, I love it. Last question. <laughs> there you go, Stewie. Uh, last question, Scott. Um, this is a total new one for us. We're gonna start doing. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, off the Hazel podcast, Saskatchewan? Uh, you know, trying to grow the game here above it man you guys are doing such a great thing for this uh you know the 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 amateur golf community it's a pretty close-knit one you know everybody knows everybody everybody gets along and uh it's such a great time you know to spend a week a week out there with the boys playing you know the any event that comes up you know but it's always a great time and uh to see what you guys are doing and trying to grow this game in in the province because 
because we need it. You know, we need to have more golfers, we need more junior golfers. So maybe, you know, the young kids can listen to some of these and, and get motivated and, and uh, get involved in the game. I know uh, all the buddies, uh, all my golf friends that uh, that know about this and well, they all know about it. And uh, they think it's pretty pretty awesome that you guys are doing this. So, you know, I couldn't be happier, man. It's, this is pretty sweet. Awesome, Scotty. Well, man, uh, this has been so much fun today. Uh, obviously, yeah. before we wrap this up, this is a two-time Am Champ, 09 and 10, back-to-back. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> number 11 on the Molson Coors Birch Supply Top 25 Saskatchewan Amateur Golf Rankings in Saskatchewan here. Uh, if you don't like the where you are and if you don't like who's on it, suck it. Uh, send in your list <laughs> and those could change. Um yeah. Scotty, man, this has been so much fun. I can't wait to do this in person um, oh, and yeah. play some golf, man. This has been awesome today. Thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Drew, you ever have issues down below shaving? All the time. I'm tired of using a Bitcoin razor, cutting my nuts. Well, it's time to get into Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOSEL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code HOSEL20. Happy Valentine's Day from the Manscaped. Alrighty, he is back for his second go around and off the hosel, beauty. And a guy I feel a lot closer to through this whole pandemic and, you know, from not actually meeting him in person yet. Uh, but Jared Dutois, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Drew. Thanks for having me, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a second time again, obviously, on the show here. Uh, you had a good, you know, a good couple weeks. Uh, but before we get into that, first off, what's going on with you? What's new and uh, new and improved, uh, Jared Dutois? Not much, man. I, uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I got into last week's event, at, or I guess this week's event at Torrey Pines. Um, you know, kind of a crazy little week and um you know wish i wish i did a little more with it obviously but uh but yeah i had a lot of fun learned a lot and um you know it's always kind of fun i guess to you know to, to throw your name in the ring a little bit and um yeah i mean that's that's i guess what's uh, what's what's new with me so awesome man well and obviously before we get into that i want to you know i, I do want to ask because you know for you being a professional athlete and a pro golfer um, you know, just a quick update, you know, for everyone listening, because how has this whole pandemic been, been on you, you know, mentally, uh, training, golfing, just, just give us a little, little rundown on that. Yeah. I mean, obviously the biggest thing is, is travel, right? I mean, you know, everybody yeah. kind of in, in my situation, they just spend so much time traveling and, you know, it's, it's cross country stuff. It's, you know, state to state, province to province and, and all that is, has really slowed down and um you know it's been made a lot harder so so that's that's kind of a big thing um you know uh training wise honestly i mean for me you know my my day-to-day doesn't look that much different you know i i live in i live in scottsdale you know i go to my course i i kind of play you know quite a bit um i'm pretty fortunate i guess golf wise that that i can do that you know some guys some guys in some professions, you know, don't have that luxury at all. So um, that's been nice. And then, uh, and then, yeah, obviously schedule-wise, you know, this this kind of spring and and summer, you know, everything kind of you know took a turn for the worse, and nobody really knew what they were doing. But 
but now, you know, I think everyone's, you know, kind of learning to deal with the pandemic a little better and, you know, a, a more solid schedule has kind of come out and, um, you know, we're kind of able to, to plan and prep and, and everything a little better. So, so that's nice for sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm just curious too, like, you know, for your down weeks and your downtime, are you, are you practicing every day? Uh, you know, just walk us through a, you know, a week to week schedule for Jared. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends, um, you know, kind of in season, you know, like uh, on, a, on a regular schedule, you know, you're, you're playing quite a bit and, um, you know, so you kind of got to stay fresh and you got to stay sharp. Um, so it depends. I mean, if I have, you know, three weeks in a row or something like that and then a couple weeks off, you know, maybe after that three-week stretch, I'll, I'll take a little time off just because, uh, you know, a fresh mind and a fresh body um, kind of goes a long way. And, I mean, you know, that, that sounds, you know, fresh body, like how, how, you know, stale can it get playing golf? But, <laughs> yeah. man, like, you know, the amount of, like, you know, kind of when you're on flights and you're just, you know, doing a lot of sitting and, you know, then you're playing a lot. I mean, it, you, 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 I mean, you wouldn't believe it, but, you know, it kind of, you, you get sore, at least, yeah. at least me anyway. So, um you know, I, I think a little time off always good, but, uh, but yeah, no, just, you know, I, I guess, I guess it's all, you know, for me and, you know, I guess I'm still learning, but it's, it's all about, I guess, peaking at the right time. So, um, you know, if I got an event, uh, if I get a week to prepare for an event, I'll prep pretty hard for the first, you know, three, four five days. And then I'll kind of ease into it the last couple of days so that I'm, I'm sharp and kind of ready to go for the event. Awesome, man. Okay. Well, I have to ask before getting to, you know, some Monday qualifying and what and whatnot. Um, I was talking to the you know MJT, you know, director of uh, marketing there. You know, just quickly, you know, what did the MJT, you know, really do for you as a junior and obviously groom you for uh, you know being a professional golfer? I mean, it did a lot. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, I did all my junior golf and kind of, uh, you know, I was from Interior BC and there really wasn't a lot uh, for me you know, in my areas and, and the closest stuff was kind of in, you know, like South Central Alberta, you know, like Lethbridge and Tabor and Nanton and Calgary, all those places. So, um, you know, the MJT kind of gave me an opportunity, I guess, to, to play some sort of, you know, normal schedule, some sort of normalcy, you know, every week. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I played a ton of events in the summer, you know, some of my best memories as a junior golfer playing, playing MJT events with, you know, guys that I'm, you know, still, still close with and, and, and guys that I was really close with back then. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot, uh, it was a big part of my, my junior golf and my development. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, looking back, I'm, uh, I'm very thankful that, you know, I had an opportunity to play, um, you know, on a, on a tour like that. So. Awesome, man. Absolutely. I mean, Hey, it's a no brainer. I mean, I'm a five time champ on the MJT tour. How are you? Uh, but you're doing, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing a little better than I am. So no, that's awesome to hear though. Um, okay. So we, we got, we got, it's kind of, of two questions here, you know, Monday qualifiers, uh, you know, obviously we'll talk about the one that got you into Tory Pines, but what's the grind like, you know, on Monday qualifiers, you're grinding week in, week out. What's the stress level like? Uh, just walk us through that. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, Mondays are a lot in general. Um, and, and PJ tour Mondays are, are even more, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a, in a weird situation, you know, with, with Latin tour status, 
I don't I don't get directly into the PGA Tour Monday qualifier. So if I want to play, then I have to do the pre qualifier. So oh. let's take last week for example. Yeah. So I you know I had to play in this pre qualifier that was like the Wednesday before the Monday. Um, so yeah, I, I drive out to San Diego area, you know, play my pre qualifier. Fortunately, got through. Drive back to Arizona. And then, you know, on Saturday or whatever, then I drive from Arizona to San Diego again to kind of prep for the Monday queue. And, um, you know, it's 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 wow. a battle. I mean, I don't know how many guys were in this one, but, you know, in the actual Monday, there's probably, you know, 150 or so guys um, for four spots. And, you know, there's former tour winners. There's, there's a little bit of everything. And then, you, you know, you got guys like me that are, kind of just starting out and and kind of trying to get their feet wet so um you know it's 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 a battle for sure and um you know this monday i guess i kind of got lucky because i knew the golf course decently well you know i played it you know eight to ten times before yeah um you know and and the weather was was not ideal so you know a lot of the guys you know being either from California or, or close to the area, you know, maybe didn't have as much experience as me and, you know, kind of colder, windier weather. Um, so, so that kind of combination was, was really good for me. And, you know, fortunately enough, I kind of kept it together when conditions were bad and, um, and yeah, made it in. So it was awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and I, and I do want to ask about that qualifier because I was, you know, a friend of the show Monday to info Twitter page guy, um, he was, you know, covering the event and like the weather looked crazy there, man. Was was it hailing there or snowing? Yeah, we had, um, <laughs> at least five different hail, uh, interruptions <laughs> in the round, you know? And I mean, you know, when you, when you're playing, uh, like when you're hitting shots, you know, you can kind of get by if it's, if it's kind of coming down light, but you know, the greens were kind of so quick and, and firm that, you know, if there's little pieces of hail on there, then, you know, your your ball is hitting that hail and it's bouncing yeah. offline, right? So, you know, you kind of had to wait for it to melt and you had to, you know, it was it was kind of spazzing on and off. So, um, yeah, you, you really needed to just uh, kind of, you know, be patient and kind of pick your battles with the, with the weather. Absolutely. Okay, so I obviously now with you know this weekend, you know, I mean, I mean, you 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 missed the cut unfortunately. Uh, you're playing at Torrey Pines. You know, we, you and I talked about it. You know, a few days ago, uh, you you said it's a man's course. Um, you know, just how was that experience though? And also, you know, when was the last time you played a PGA event? Um, I'll answer the second one first. Yeah, the last time I played a tour event would have been summer 2018. Oh, wow. Uh, the Canadian Open. Yeah, the last one at Glen Abbey. And I, you know, I, I missed the cut. So, yeah, it'd been a while since, since I played a, since I played a PGA Tour event. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Torrey Pines, it was, it was a beast. Um, you know, it was, it was everything I guess I, I expected, you know, fairly narrow fairways and thick rough and you know pretty pretty demanding greens you know when you're hitting your approach shots so yeah um yeah it just i mean it's it's a true and it's a really good test i mean it's it's very fair you know if you hit good shots you get rewarded and if you hit mediocre shots you get punished pretty hard and um you know that was that was kind of my my <laughs> thing i guess on the on the week you know i, I just didn't hit it that great and you know i wasn't fully comfortable with with i guess where i was hitting it and 
um, you know, what lines to take off the tee and what lines to take into the greens and whatnot. So, um, you know, I was, I was exposed pretty good and, you know, I, I tried grinding, you know, as hard as I could and, uh, yeah. you know, fortunately it, uh, it wasn't enough, but, uh, you know, that's something I guess you live and learn and, you know, come back, uh, come back the next time stronger. So, yeah, man, that's, that's greatly said. Um, you know, I mean, obviously going back to 2018 to Abbey, there's, there's fans, you know, the world's whatever we know is normal. 2021 now, no fans. What's that adjustment like for you guys? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think the, you know, the, the tour experience, you know, it was, it's still very good. I mean, they, they take care of those guys so well, you know, with, with food and amenities and, yeah. you know, the, the driving range and all that. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it was definitely, I guess, weird, you know, seeing all these, you know, huge name guys and, uh, you know, nobody stopping them or even looking the other way. Right. So, um, you know, that, that was, that was weird for sure. But, uh, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a golf tournament, right. And, um, you know, the, the golf ball, I guess, doesn't know if, uh, if fans are cheering for you or cheering against you, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Cable, I, I obviously have to ask, you know, what sorts of positives are you taking out of this, uh, you know, this event at Torrey Pines uh, going into your next event? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, the whole, the whole Monday qualifier, I think I can, you know, take a lot of positives from. I mean, the whole the whole prequal getting through that and then and then the Monday I mean that was you know there was kind of a lot to that I mean my my group kind of quit so um, you know because they were out of it and there was a there was a sunlight delay so we all had to come back the next day but you know my, my guys didn't come back so oh really you know I played four yeah I played I played four holes by myself you know just myself and and uh, rules official that was kind of scoring for me. And I knew what the number was, and I, I knew what I had to do coming in, and, you know, I was able to do that. And, uh, you know, that's something I can really, you know, take a positive from. And then, you know, that was that was just to get into the playoff. And then, you know, when I got into the playoff, it was a, it was a five for two playoff. You know, and it was pretty, I mean, it was, it was pretty intense. It was the first oh, time yeah. I've ever been in something <laughs> like that. Um, you know, and it's, you know, guys like me that are, you know, just, just chomping at the bit to kind of move up you know, move up with, uh, you know, a stage in their career kind of thing. So, yeah. it, you know, it was, it was intense. And, um, you know, I kind of went in with it, you know, feeling that I was kind of playing with the house's money and, um, you know, basically just said, Hey, you know, there's five guys here. One of them is going to birdie it. And, you know, why don't you be that guy? You know, why, why not you? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I stepped up and I hit great two shots and then I rolled the putt in. So I was, I was very happy. And I actually got, you know, a little emotional, I guess, when, when that happened, just because, uh, you know, thinking back to back to earlier in that week, you know, I was like, I was almost kind of talking myself out of the pre-qualifier. Cause I was like, man, it's all the way in San Diego, you know, it's a long way to go, no guarantees, yeah. it's expensive. And, um, you know, to go and do it was, uh, was very cool. And, um, yeah, a real, I guess, gratifying experience. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I was watching that on, you know, via Twitter, just uh, rooting you on there. So, Happy you got in, obviously, and, you know, you had a great week. Um, obviously, rooting for you to, you know, play four rounds in the next event, that, obviously, that you're playing in. So that's the next question. Where's the next event? Um, yeah, we want to know. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm into the Monday qualifier for the Phoenix Open. And, uh, you know, if I thought the, 
the Tory Pines one was, you know, crap shoot. This one's even more so. Um, <laughs> you know, this one there's 150 some guys for three spots instead of four. Oh my, really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's you know it's intense because the Phoenix Open is the smaller field and you know with the daylight and everything. So so I, I have that. Um, I have that, and then you know a handful of kind of mini tour events. You know, in the area, um, you know, I'm I'm talking. I, I guess you know nothing solid yet, but uh, some mini tour events in the area. You know, I might go. I might go travel around. Um, you know, chasing some other Mondays, and then uh, you know, hopefully the Latin tour and the Canadian tour kind of gets gets going. You know, this uh, this spring and summer. So that's uh, I guess that's that's my my plan for the next little bit. Well, Jared, this has been. Awesome, man. Again, like I said, I appreciate you, uh, you know, you jumping back on again, you know, short notice. Um, I can't wait to do it again with you, and, I'm, you know, we'll stay in touch. Uh, I'll let you go watch your uh, your flames take on the Canadians right now. So uh, <laughs> thanks so much, man. I appreciate it, and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, man. Always, uh, always fun, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch you later. Take care, Jared. Yeah, yeah. We all know here in Saski we have short summers. So what better way to keep your golf game up to par than heading on down to Divots Indoor Golf? Check them out on social media, Divots Indoor Golf, located on Rochdale Boulevard. Play at Divots, don't make them. Alrighty, there it is, episode 57 with Scott Thompson, two-time AM champion, 09-10, back-to-back. Two more than me and two more than most of you listening, which is unbelievable. Um, uh, what a beauty. I had a lot of fun with him. I can't, he's coming down to Giant this summer, by the way, Troy. He said he wants to golf with us. So, Did he say us or you? No, he wants to golf with the boys. So I'm excited for that. And, again, a 15-minute interview with Jared Dutois. Hope you guys enjoyed the whole podcast today. Because, you know, Jared talked about playing on the NJT. I threw that out there for him. And, you know, he gave a lot of respect to them, what they did for him. Uh, Scott Thompson as well. And, and I don't know, I probably said it 100 times today, but 07 MJT Tour Player of the Year. Um, yeah, so really good podcast with both those guys. We talked to them and just a lot of notes. Yeah, I'm glad Jerry came back on the show, two-timer. I mean, a quick one, but uh, gave us some of his time from Tory Pines. And, uh, yeah, what do you got? What do you and, got coming up? And, well, we have a, well, another beauty uh, from Regina, Saskatchewan, born and raised in Humboldt. Covered the Humble Broncos, covered the Nippon Hawks, covered the Melford Mustangs, but you'll learn all about that next week as we have on Friday at 3 p.m. Central Time. You'll learn that from Timmy Stapleton. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Brian Munns. Brian Munns from TSN 1290. Jet fans, listen up. Winnipeg Jets. This guy's pretty intelligent. He knows the game. He's been covering the NHL a long time. I'm excited for it. Good dude. Golf game's pretty on par, too. Really? The stick? Oh, we're going to find that out. We're going to find out. Questions from the gallery. Get them in, get them fast. <laughs> We're going to find that at out. At Off the Hosel, at underscore Off the Hosel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get those questions in there. If you guys want to chat about anything, let us know. Perfect, Troy. Before we send off to everyone here, where are we recording as always? Divots Indoor Golf, 6823 Rochdale Boulevard, Regina, Saskatchewan. Give them a call at 306-206-1270. Or go online, www.divotsgolf.com. Play divots, don't make them. That was pretty ad read, Troy. I, uh, your ad reads are getting better and better day by day. Uh, quickly, Dan, you can check us out on social media as Troy's been chiming in on there. At Coaster Troy on Twitter. At Coaster Drew on Twitter. At DHags, double Z. Not here today. Missed him. But, Troy, as always, it's been a pleasure. Love you, brother. Peace. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone else out there, have a great Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
Saturday, Sunday. Seven days in a week. Only one Friday a week, though. See ya. Peace. JT for the win.